This episode of Titus and Tate is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are talking about the return of basketball, Tate. Wow. It happened. I cannot believe it. We just watched the Lakers beat the Clippers. We just watched the Jazz beat the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. The National Basketball Association is back. They're playing meaningful games. I am at a loss for words. I thought this day would never come, and here we are. We have bubble basketball, Mark Titus, and you and I, we've gone through the entire roller coaster. It was our own version of Splash Mountain. We went up and down. We got soaked with our own enthusiasm. We got soaked with our own tears of skepticism, and yet we got real basketball. We got real calls. We got Reggie Miller pointing things out that were very obvious to get. It just felt like a normal night of NBA basketball. We get Chuck making up nicknames for Lou Williams. Uh, it, it was just a beautiful time in the world of basketball, and I can't wait to talk about all of I that. am so giddy. I've had a smile on my face for the last, like, five hours. Just <laughs> every, everything you just said, the TNT guys coming back and the, yes. the, the broadcast itself, and the games were awesome. All of it was great. And then we got zero confirmed cases of corona in the bubble tape. Yeah, like, so we, can act, we, don't, time, we don't have to feel guilty yeah, about watching it. Yeah, we don't have to feel weird, like, yeah. about, like, like, it's not like the Wizards all tested positive and we're like, oh, this is kind of dirty. Like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. It's working. The bubble's working. The bubble's it's, it's, working. For the first time in this whole process, I actually am probably 98% sure we're going to see a champion crowned. I'm all in on this. The games have started. We're breaking it all down. Oh, yeah. But first, John Rothstein. No, we're kidding. Woody Durham. It takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate, it's Thursday night. We just got done watching the games. I'm excited for that. For the first time in four and a half months, mm-hmm. we're doing a podcast like after games. There's actually stuff to talk about. We're not just sitting here with their thumbs up our ass trying to trying to f- create content out of nothing. Exactly. We, we watched two great NBA games. I think I want to start here. The story mm-hmm. of the night coming out of the first night of the NBA return is that Conspiracy Tate was right all along. Okay. The ponds are, in fact, juiced <laughs> at Disney World. You said this. We, we pulled the tape. We have we released the tapes on Twitter. Yes, July 14th, you. on the show we did July 14th, you said that you are of the belief that the ponds are juiced, that the NBA is stocking the ponds with extra fish on purpose just, to, just so the guys can catch them and feel good about themselves. Exactly. And, and the report comes out during the broadcast tonight. That is indeed exactly what is happening. <laughs> Ramona Shelburne, I see the tweet. You quote tweeted. You pointed out to me. In fact, I, I had forgotten. That was so far you know, removed in the history of bubble talk that I was like, I forgot about the fish because the fish were so prevalent early on. But it did seem like a lot of fish were involved. It seemed like oh, everyone. Like two- it feels like four months ago. Four <laughs> months. It feels like at least three months ago. Like yeah. actual NBA basketball was happening. They just went on a fishing trip. But anyways, there were so many fish coming out. There was so much excitement. But again, it was all about positive vibes. This is a way to create positive vibes. When you catch a fish, you know, you, you teach someone to catch a fish. Yep. Come on. This is an old maxim. It works. And it, it worked works. in the basketball space. It was great. I want to start with the Lakers-Clippers game because I think that was the, the more relevant game of the two. But before we do, let's do like a big picture view of what it meant to have real-life, mm-hmm. meaningful basketball on our televisions again. I, I really am just like so giddy. I just have a big smile. It just felt so good to just be scrolling through the timeline and you're just seeing people talking about – like I, it felt good to click on Mike Conley's name trending and mm-hmm. like half the people are like Mike Conley washed. And I am a man. Half, Yes. The other half were like, my God, Mike Conley's balling out. It just, it just felt good for, for, to, to be back there. We're not talking about coronavirus. We're not talking about like 
the election coming. We're not talking about like heavy shit where it's like, man, the weight of the world is just like crushing me right now. It mm-hmm. was just like, is Jordan Clarkson wearing a weave? Because his <laughs> yeah. hair is so much longer than it used to. Like that's the kind of stuff I've, I've missed in my life. And it was good to have that back. It was even good to have the advanced, you know, stats and metrics Twitter back. You know, the people that would point out that Jordan Clarkson at one point was minus 24 in this basketball game, you know what I mean? And you see that and you say, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yes. Basketball's, <laughs> yeah. basketball's back. Nature is healing. Jordan yeah. Clarkson. He's taking fun. shots away from Donovan Mitchell. Yes, that makes sense. Like Brandon <laughs> Ingram is going on these real, you know, strange scoring spurts that kind of come out of nowhere. And you're like, wait a second. Is this guy the second coming of Kevin Durant? And then he falls yeah. apart and, you he know, he's kind of like, for, he's back. Yeah. That, that's yeah. Brandon Ingram. That's what we know. Uh, you know, Zion's on a minutes restriction. I mean, it was it was this great moment of, like you said, it was like all these sub storylines that we always hear in basketball that get you fired up but instead we've had all this other stuff going on and all we really had to cling on to was the idea that lebron james and the lakers were the favorites you know mm-hmm. this is what we've this is what we've heard for four months but also all the clippers fans were also the favorites so in this first game it, it was the matchup of all the speculation comes and lebron james knows he's center stage mm-hmm. and, and he and he did exactly what he was supposed to do he said i've heard all the chatter you say mm-hmm. i don't want to play defense against Kawhi and paul george well yeah. you know what i'm gonna do tonight I'm not going to play offense. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, only going to play defense. <laughs> yeah, it really is like like coming back into the NBA restart, it's it's like the number one recruits in the country where uh, there are 15 teams that are mm. the number one contenders. The The Lakers are the favorite or the number yes. one favorites. The Lakers yes. are the favorites. Also, the Clippers are the favorites. Also, the Bucks. Yes. Also, the Raptors that are defending champs. They're the hottest also, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah and until yeah, someone yeah. beats them, they got to be considered the favorites. Also, the Celtics, like, for sure. Look at that roster. And they got Brad Stevens as the coach. Like, they got to be one of the favorites. <laughs> it just goes down the line. So let's talk about the Clippers Lakers. So that, that was the game we just got done watching. The Lakers win, um, obviously. Yes. Uh, the Lakers coaching staff. I've never seen so many purple quarter zips in my life. Like, that was. Quite, quite a sight there. I texted Kevin O'Connor. I said, Frank Vogel was giving me KOC vibes tonight with this, with this quarter zip all the way up. It was great. I, I, need, I need the NBA to rig this tape. I need, I need a seven-game series from the Clippers and the Lakers. It mm-hmm. just feels like they're both in the same city, and they're vying to be the best in Los Angeles. They're vying to be the best, the, the, the actual favorites as this progresses, whatever. But it just feels like like watching that game tonight, it feels like they are definitely no disrespect to the Bucks. I we'll, we'll talk. We're going to talk about like the bigger picture beyond these two games in a little bit, and I might make the case for the I, I'm cheering for the Bucks to win the title. Ooh. But when you're watching the Clippers and Lakers, it does feel like these are the two best teams. You, you you're just like you're convinced these are the two best teams. You have you're convinced every time the Lakers go on a little run, you're like, oh my yeah. god, LeBron and Anthony Davis are by far the best duo the NBA's ever seen, and then like. Five minutes later, Kawhi and Paul George are going off, and you're like, oh, my God, Kawhi and Paul George. And just to have that going back and forth, I, I need a seven-game series. But also, like, stylistically, it feels like like the Clippers to me – I don't know how to – I don't really know how to, like, collect my thoughts with this because I think the Lakers are going to win the NBA championship. I think that the, the refs are going to see to it. I think that the, this bubble exists for Scott LeBron Foster. James. <laughs> yeah. Scott this bubble exists because LeBron wants it to exist. LeBron yeah. is uh, long. And Chris the- Paul, we found out. And yeah, that makes yeah. even more sense that those two guys would get together on this. LeBron yeah. is long in the tooth. He doesn't have many more opportunities to rack up titles. I think the NBA knows this. I think Kobe passing away certainly helps with the uh, rigging idea that like they're going to see to it that like there's some mystic forces at play that the Lakers are ultimately the champions of this season. Um, so I still think the Lakers are going to win. But like coming out of this game, even though the Lakers won tonight, like – 
my God, the Clippers are, are terrifying. They, they scare the shit out of me. Like, as a basketball player, I, I'm, I'm using that as in quotes. Uh, I don't mean to think that, like, I'm an actual NBA player. But, like, the Same basketball man. player inside of me, yes. um, as I'm watching these teams, like, I would be absolutely terrified to play the Los Angeles Clippers. More so Abs- than the Lakers, I think. Absolutely. And the, to put it in your head, like, a, a perspective or an image that would say why you should be terrified of the Clippers, all I can see is Joe Kim Noah checking into the game and stretching. This man played, I think, six <laughs> minutes of actual game time and definitely had five fouls. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He, he – the reason that you said they were championship uh, caliber teams, right? They have championship rosters because they have so many guys that can get you points and they have so many chess pieces that can be played. Like Anthony Davis goes on a run and the Clippers go, all right, Joe Kim Noah, who used to be one of the best bigs in the league and played with Derrick Rose and was the number one seed in the East. You know how to play playoff basketball. You know how to play winning basketball. Go foul Anthony Davis and get him out of rhythm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? These are championship moves. Reggie Jackson, you know, we have – Noah, PG, and Kawhi, they're you know, only going to play 35 minutes tonight, so they're sitting on the bench. you got to go get us a bucket. Jermichael Green, you were starting last year in Memphis. you got to go get us a bucket. I mean, same with the Lakers. Deion Waiters, you're a guy that's been a number one scoring option. Well, right now, you need to go get eight points for us because LeBron is chilling with ice on his knee yeah. on the bench. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same with J.R. Smith. Kyle Kuzma. You got to get points for us. Like if you I get hate open Kuzma. shots. I, I realized tonight I hate Kuzma. I think like, he I was played like, great defense, I thought, tonight. I don't the care. It doesn't matter. There were like three or four <laughs> times where – uh, I, he, he was a ball stopper, and I, I, I about lost my mind as the ball's like reverse. Like they're playing perfect basketball, it's spraying around, and then Kuzma, all, like any other basketball player, mm-hmm. would take it, make the extra pass to Dion, and Kuzma's like, step back, <laughs> prick. Yeah, and then <laughs> Dion's like, never do that again. Never, yeah. Swing that ball. And uh, that was the other fun part. And I thought about this, like it, you know how you know they keep saying this uh, is a, 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 a restart and not a new season or whatever. But I was looking at the the Lakers at one point, like in the first quarter, and you got Dion who's wearing number eighteen. You got Jr. wearing twenty one. And if you watch the Lakers play this year, like obviously those guys are not on the team, so they yeah. are not the regular season version of the Lakers. They are this juiced up LeBron super team version, and it is a lot of fun because his confidence is there. Like he wants. He wanted to play the Clippers tonight, and I feel like in the regular season there was at times, I know LeBron fans would be upset, it did not seem as if he wanted Kawhi Leonard to, to mm-hmm. guard him one-on-one, but tonight he was fired up, and uh, I thought that was great. If you're a Lakers fan, you should be excited. They, they I, got a, I got a good joke about the jersey numbers. You ready? I just yeah. came up with this. This mm-hmm. was not pre-written, I promise. Yes. Okay. Uh, so Dion wears 18, JR wears 21, and mm-hmm. Dwight wears 39. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that they picked their jersey numbers because that's, that's how old they play like. That's that's how they play. Is Dion plays? Yes. And okay, that, I I work on the delivery. We'll workshop that one. No, 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 no. That's good though. That makes sense. And Dwight, like when Dwight I Dwight plays Dwight like ha- he's thirty nine. Jr. plays like he's twenty one. Dion plays like he's eighteen. Dwight Howard, like going at Joe Kim Noah and going at Zubach tonight. It was one of those things where it's like, how the mighty have fallen. You know what I mean? Yeah, to be back yeah. in Orlando, like if you're an Orlando Magic fan, you got to be like, remember when Dwight was taking us to the final single yeah, game? Yeah, I know. Like in 2009? I know. Look at this guy. Yeah. At uh, one point, you at one point you look up. Uh, it's Jr. Dion, Dwight, Kuzma, and LeBron on the court, and I was just like, man. This this is wow. This is wild. Like the Lakers are like yeah. a ragtag team. I will say the Lakers seem to have more fun playing. Like mm. I think that might just stem from Kawhi being a robot and and LeBron is like very animated out there. So that's probably mm. what it is more than anything. And JaVel mm. on the bench, like is just acting a fool at all yeah, times. Dion does the spin cycle and JaVel is losing his mind. Yeah, yeah. Place. But the, it feels like the Lakers. But man, I, I still like I'm coming away from it. I don't, I don't know how to Maybe I'll put it in college basketball terms. Like the Lakers, I still think should be the favorites to win. I think they're the actual favorites because, mm-hmm. like, I think it, whether they're the best team or not doesn't matter. As we, you know, they have LeBron, they have Anthony Davis, and they have the refs on their side. They have the yeah, NBA. it's Godfather. 
But the Clippers, to me, are like I – don't, I don't know. Like, like the, the way I'd say it is you brought up Reggie Jackson. Like, Reggie Jackson has been on NBA teams. starting point guard, yeah. He's been on NBA teams where he was the toughest guy on the team. Like, he mm-hmm. was the dog on the team. Mm-hmm. He's probably, like, the fourth, fifth toughest guy on the Clippers. He doesn't, even Patrick refer, Beverly. he doesn't even refer to himself as the toughest. And, in fact, yeah, like, in, in, in Harrell game, and, yeah, on down the line. It's like – and when you, when you yeah. phrase it like that, it's like, oh, my God, the Clippers – like, in a playoff series, playing against the – like, beating them one time, okay, cool. Now you have to do it again. Then you have to, you have to beat them four times? I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. And, and you have to point out, and we have to point out, we talked about the Lakers and we talked about all the other pieces. Anthony Davis, in my opinion, is probably the best defensive player I know for sure in the NBA, but might be just the best player in basketball and currently. Yeah. As yeah. far as what he is able to do playing at the four and playing at the five. And when they go small with him at the five, I think the Lakers are the most terrifying team ever because Danny Green is just a driving kick away from a wide open three every single time. And that was yeah. how they were able to fight back in this game at one point. And at the end of the game, you talked about how terrifying both these teams are. Paul George is down three points, and he's thinking two for one. Yeah. he yeah, wants the last yeah, shot. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah, how he good these guys like, are. A lot, yeah, of guys, like, a lot of guys think for two for one, and they miss, but they're like, that's yeah. right, we're getting the ball back. Yeah, no, Paul he's George's like, I like, want to take the last shot also. Yeah. yeah. Let me hit this three and tie it up real quick, and then we'll get the ball back. It'll all work out. And LeBron James is so hyper-focused in and treating this like a playoff game that when he takes that final shot, he's already getting the rebound because he's such in an intense mode where he's like, we have to win this game. I'm pressing. This is a big game. This is a statement game for us. It's a confidence game for us. And it was just like the, the end of that game was like, man, this is NBA playoff basketball. All right, I'm great. flipping back. I'm, I'm, I think the Lakers are more terrifying. Because I, I, <laughs> I just realized, like, LeBron was not that great tonight. And Anthony Davis, like, that, that's the luxury LeBron has kind of never had. Like, he, Dwayne Wade was awesome when he played with D. Wade. Um, but I, 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 really, yeah. I really feel like the, the, the Lakers could win the NBA title if LeBron averages, like, 17 points a game in the playoffs like they could, they could realistically do that and that's mm-hmm. shocking to say out loud because that has never ever been close to the case with lebron james ever he's always had to average like 25 30 points a game yeah so this team's kind, have a shot well it's kind of like this weird situation where you know anthony davis is the young kareem and oscar robertson aka lebron comes to the team and he's just there to basically facilitate a championship you know what yeah. i mean it's like you kind of march them to the title it's what shaq did with d wade the first time around he's like all right young buck you know, hop yeah. on the saddle. This yeah. is how you get to the championship. And yeah. then once we get there, guess what, buddy? You're going to have to make some plays for us to win. It's the same thing with AD. Yeah, and the He's going to have to be the guy to average 30 points a game. Yeah, in 06, the Heat had the, uh, the refs on their side against the Mavs, too. So I, <laughs> I think that's going to happen. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I feel like the Lakers are Duke. Here's, here's how I'm going to phrase it. Like, the oh. Lakers are, like, obviously uh, – yeah, yeah, the Lakers feel like Duke to me. I'm, I'm going to go through some college comparisons here. Mm-hmm. I would say the Clippers are like they call themselves the Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, like they're very top heavy too. And then like suddenly you look up and Alex O'Connell has to play big minutes. Aka like, Alex Caruso. Gonna, yeah, yeah. How, like, how are they going to the, do the that? Token but Alex on the team. Yeah, yeah, but they're like so loaded at the top that you're like, I think they're going to be all right. The Clippers feel to me like Kansas. Yeah, where they're like I agree with that. They like they, they're just yeah. like. Yeah, I don't know what I mean by that, but you agree, so I guess... No, I agree in the sense that, like, they... On paper, you show me Kansas's roster, and you say to yourself, yeah, they should win the title. Like, goddamn, yeah. Like, yeah. They lock up on D. How are they that deep? You know what I mean? How many guys do they have at the three and the four? What? They have this many wings? And I... What? And I feel like the Bucks are, like, Texas Tech. (laughs) 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 Like, they play unbelievable defense. I believe in... in, And they're, like, the the up-and-comer... Uh, they're legit. I think they're actually legit. Yeah. Uh, 
but like they don't have the pedigree, right? No, yeah, yeah. And the yeah. Celtics are 100% Carolina because Kimball Walker is Marcus Page. And it's just yeah, like the Celtics every- are Carolina. <laughs> Should we keep going? Like, well, who? I feel like the Nuggets are Gonzaga, maybe. Like, yeah, that could be good. Yeah, Gonzaga, that's a West Coast like, team. They're like, the, yeah. Team. yeah, everyone kind of likes them. They're kind of like the, yeah, like the, the, the people that like really pay a lot of attention are like, I swear to God, these guys are good enough to win. And you're like, yeah. And yeah. then all the casuals are like, yeah, I've heard this before. And then Here it is. Here it is. Virginia, the Sixers, 100%. Because, you know, you look at their team and everyone doubted them. They have their own process. No one wants to be a part of it. They think it's mm. bad for basketball. And then they mm. have to prove the doubters wrong, you know? This is Yeah, well, I mean... Or if Villanova. They could be Villanova yeah. as well. You, you can figure it out. I feel like the Sixers might be Arizona because they they're always, like, mm. good, and then they can't make the Final Four. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, the Raptors are Virginia. There you the go. Raptors are Virginia. That the Raptors are Virginia. Like, yeah, they won Masai, the title. Masai is Tony Bennett, you know what I mean? Everyone loves him. Yeah. They won the title. Nobody cares. Yeah, like nobody. Like this and, year, and it, this year, everyone forgot Virginia won the and title. And after they were the one seed, and LeBron swept them, you know, everyone was kind of like the Raptors are done. You know what I mean? They, they're yeah, never gonna yeah. win anything. They yeah. get rid of DeRozan. Yeah, the the Mavericks. DeRozan is the Mario Shayok of this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Raptors are Virginia. I like that. The Mavericks. Are I think the Mavs are Dayton. I think the Mavs are this year's Dayton. I think Luca is Obi Toppin. Okay, they, they're like they're electrifying. They play unbelievable <laughs> offense. They don't play defense for shit, but nobody cares. Like if yeah. you're the one person that's like, now hang on a second, they don't really guard. They're like, boo, get them out of here. We don't want to hear that. You're like, all right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't yeah, mean to yeah, all right, cool. They're fun. Okay, they're fun. They're fun. Yeah, never mind. All right, this is boring. No, I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. I feel like we did a good job with that. that that's um. Yeah, so I guess to the larger point, like, I think the Lakers, as it stands, they have to be the favorite in the same way that, like, every single year in, at the end of February, you're saying Duke is the favorite. Yes. Um, but, like, for some reason, I don't know, the Clippers, like, scare me more. Like, I, I don't know. Just because I, I think they're, like, deeper. I just think, like, across the board, like, they throw out the defensive lineman. Like, Landry Shamit is so good. Yeah. Landry Shamit is very, very good, mm-hmm. and he's – He's just kind of an afterthought on that team. Not really an afterthought, but you know what I'm saying. That yeah, like no, 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 you start sure. like really analyzing like the guys they have. You're like, holy shit, they're they're absolutely loaded. I don't know. And speaking, I don't know. Of this loaded, is why this is why I want to see a seven game series because you could like you ask me tomorrow, and I'll be like, oh my god, the Lakers are so much better than the Clippers. At the end of the day, the, the worst case scenario for me is that one of those teams, the Lakers or the Clippers, they're the two seed and they play Luca in the first round. And somehow Luca's magic is able to upset a Clippers team. You know what I mean? Where it's just yeah. kind of like, well, how is this happening? And then we never get to see Kawhi and the Clippers face the Lakers actually in the playoffs. That yeah, would be it does. my worst case Western Conference scenario. But also, I don't think it would be bad for basketball because, you know, yeah. it would shake things up a little bit. And Luca is perfectly primed for that. Like, if you're the Lakers, I know. you do not want to fall. I mean, I don't think they will fall to the 2C, but I don't think it's really possible. But yeah, if they, they were can't to, the they can't fall yeah. to a 2C. Yeah. But the Clippers being the 2C, that's a bad draw if they get the match. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want in, to. In the, in the same way that a Kobe-LeBron finals was always inevitable, and then we never actually got it. Yeah. Remember the it, Nike it commercials like, when they were yeah. puppets, and it was like, yeah. I can't wait to see you this year. I can't wait to see you this year. It, was like, it no. feels like a Kawhi <laughs> – it feels like a Lakers-Clippers Western Conference finals is inevitable. And, yeah, knock on wood. I hope it happens. Knock but, on wood. Um, what about this other game? Yes. What about this other game? The opening, the opening game, Jazz Pelicans. Um, yeah. Chris Vernon is the one guy I, I saw. <laughs> I saw Verno tweet. Uh, he's like, recap uh, of my timeline for those of you who missed it. And then he's just like, tweets about Ingram, tweets about Zion, tweets about Reddick, tweets about the Pelicans, tweets about Zion again, tweets about Ingram, tweets about 
and then the Jazz win. And I would say, like, Vernon, Vernon's throwing shade at the Pelicans because he's a Grizzlies guy, and he doesn't want the Pelicans to take the Grizzlies A seed. Um, and also, he doesn't want Zion to take John Morant's rookie. Like, the yeah, whole, like he, it all makes he, sense. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like that was a great summation of my experience watching this game is that as I'm following along on Twitter, everyone's talking about the Pelicans. And yeah. obviously, Zion drives a lot of the conversation. He ends up not playing – down the stretch, but JJ Reddick's balling out. Brandon Ingram was like unbelievable in the first half, and then uh, did he play in the second half? I don't, I don't remember. He fizzled. Out there. Um, and you walk away if you covered the score and didn't see the show the Jazz celebrating at the end, you would have thought like the the Pelicans won by twenty. Well, <laughs> you know what we call that, Mark Titus? We call that Duke basketball, and that's because <laughs> they dominate the headlines, they dominate the social media channels. But at the end of the day, do they really give you the receipts on all this? Never. No, they don't. And that's what they are. They're the Duke pro basketball team. If you look at the roster, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's Frank Jackson all the way to Jalil Okafor to, like you said, J.J. Redick has 21 points in this game. Takes 15 shots. Brandon, mm. 15 shots? <laughs> what? I, I mean, anyways. So that, that's probably why the Pelicans did not win this game. Um, the Jazz, to me, are a very fascinating team because the Jazz mm. are a uh, what everyone would call a sleeper team. But Quinn Snyder is a great coach. And, and I say yeah. that with tons of grains of salt, you know what I mean? Because I'm not a fan <laughs> of Quinn Snyder, personally. But he's a good coach, and I think that they have a great setup. I know they're missing Bogdanovich, but your boy Mike Conley, uh, I am a man. He's balling uh, out. He played well He's tonight. balling out. The man has yeah, yeah. A, a gym at his house. He's obviously mm-hmm. been putting in the work. He looked great. I feel like Moutier and some of these guys on the bench have to step up for them to have a real shot to make a run. But I was yeah. impressed with the Jazz, and like you said, everyone only talks about the Pelicans. We only want to talk about Zion. I'm so happy Zion's back. He's an absolute force. It's fun to see him play. I love Zion. Yeah. I actually love Brandon Ingram as well. But I'm tired <laughs> of the Pelicans having all Duke players. Diversify. <laughs> I think Diversify the Jazz. I think the Jazz missed Bogdanovich. Um, I, I think they're, that's ultimately gonna like. I watched a lot of Jazz basketball this season. Not to brag. Uh, this was, man was, was averaging 20 research. points per game. Yeah, he was great, and he's a yeah. former Indiana Pacer. So you know, uh, you know, if he was good enough for Larry Legend to, to throw him on the team, you know, he uh, he's got some skills. Um, yeah, he, he was averaging 20 points a game, which is, like, shocking to – I don't know, to say out loud. But not really. Like, if you watch him, he's that good. But, like, I, I don't think – if you ask – if you stop people on the street and said, name Utah Jazz players, Bogdanovich is not being named ever. No, no, no. Ever, no, no, no. ever. No, because they think that he's – Like, they'll name Ingles. John They're Stockton like, they, before – They think him and Ingles are yeah, the same guy. They're yeah. like, yeah, the Ingles guy. <laughs> yeah, but I, I felt like they really missed him. Um, the, the offense seemed a little disjointed at times, but uh, – Ultimately, they played defense, and the Pelicans didn't. That's really all it was. Like the Pelicans Absolutely. were were fun, and um, I I like Reddick a lot. I I, I won't lie. Of course, you I do. like watching. I love watching Reddick. You've always liked Reddick. That's I've the, always liked Reddick. I've always, okay. I was a Morrison guy. Listen, when the Morrison Reddick thing was going on, it's Morrison's okay. my favorite college basketball player of all time. Um, but I never really hated Reddick. I just like Morrison more. See, but man, I like, you're I, you're the perfect yeah. example. Like you were a hero as a young kid. You know what I mean. You yeah. live long enough. Now you're the villain. You joined the yeah. Duke. It's the same with JJ. It's kind of like JJ. He as a kid, he was a villain. Then he turned into the hero. And I don't understand how he was able to reverse the cycle. But he's the Benjamin Button of basketball. He figured it out, <laughs> and everyone loves him. And uh, it's fine. I'm not upset about it. But I do. I do think that the the Pelicans are an interesting team in the sense that Alvin Gentry. You know, he he's one of the guys that I thought this was a chance to make some coaching noise. Why don't you just put Zion? What, what is he doing? Why, why, yeah, why did he yeah, not play yeah, Zion? Yeah, I don't understand. Exactly. I really don't get that. Like, is Zion like Adam Silver has seriously. to be upset that he did not play, I, I would assume. I know? don't – like, obviously, I follow college a lot more than the NBA, so um, maybe I missed it. Is Zion Williamson hurt? Is no. He, 
is there like is are, are they, is he coming off of an injury or something? Like I'm I'm confused by this minutes restriction. They're saying is, is it an admission that he's fat? Is that what they're saying? Are the Pelicans coming out and saying like, well, in the debate, he's he's heavy and we're trying let's, to let's check our yeah, let's do our research department. Let's throw them that. I don't understand it. I like and, yeah. and even if you're trying to play him in spurts, like he was on the bench for the last twelve minutes, ten minutes, whatever. Like he was basically the whole last quarter. Um. Yeah, like throw him in, throw him in with two with two minutes left in a one point game. You can't in a must win. By the way, the Pelicans are they have a lot of work to do to secure even a chance to secure to secure the opportunity to secure the opportunity to play in the playoffs. Like they're they're it's all these games are must wins for the Pelicans. The whole reason the Pelicans are even in the bubble is because of Zion. Yeah, like if Zion Williamson had a uh, God forbid if he had a season ending injury that happened in February. The Pelican, the, the, they're drawing the line much higher on the teams they're inviting to the bubble, and they're they're not inviting the Pelican. The whole reason they're inviting them is because they, well, they want Zion Williamson to be a part of this. And then Alvin Gentry's like, "No, we're good." I don't understand. <laughs> no, and we saw Chris Haynes before the game. They they throw to him, and he's like, "Zion was begging the doctors and begging team staff to let him play today." And that's why you know we talked earlier today with John Rothstein, and at the time he was a game time decision. We didn't even know if he was going to play in this game. So yeah. To see Zion was exciting. He delivered. He was at one point when he got pulled out of the game. He was four for four in the minutes he had played. He was shooting hundred percent from the field, and then he was just sitting over on the bench. Uh, it didn't make make much sense to me. But my final thought on the Pelicans is Derek Favors, um, a guy that my one of my favorite commitments. Your of favorite this, commitments of the century. <laughs> one of my most underrated starters uh, in the NBA, in the sense that like I could not believe that it was Derek Favors walking out there. I don't know. I guess it just been so long. I forgot that Favors was the starting five for the Pelicans. But this man looked like he went through quarantine. He was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was just like chilling out there. It's funny to see the guys that have obviously just been kind of laid back, and the guys like the Lakers who have been playing with each other. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, in the Pelicans game, especially a lot of short threes in the. Fourth. A lot of turnovers. A lot of a lot of turnovers. turnovers. I wouldn't yeah. say it was like super sloppy. Like I don't want to get too crazy and be like this is. Uh, you know, like I, I feel like if you didn't know that we haven't played for four and a half months, I don't, I'm not sure I would have noticed that it was like that sloppy. Yeah, um, sure. but it was definitely a little sloppy, and and they were definitely short on uh, in the fourth quarter. Like every missed three was short, every single one. And, yeah, uh, and, the, and the Pelicans, I mean, they sure. turned the ball over anyway. So like, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's what they do. That's what yeah. they do anyway. Yeah, that's a, uh, my 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 final thoughts. Uh, number one, I gotta say the virtual fans, I hate it. I do hate the virtual fans. I understand why they do it. I don't want them to stop doing it necessarily because I think it is like if you are one of the virtual fans and you can see your little face on the screen, cool. Like I, it's not. I guess it's not worth stopping just because. All right, like, stop talking so mean to Chris Bosh, man. Leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Leave him but alone. I don't. I don't. I, I. I don't like it. I don't like. I don't. It's. I'm watching the game. Chris I'm like, earmuffs, please. I don't understand, it, especially because like the virtual fans aren't even doing any. They're just like kind of sitting there, and they look like they look like you're you're FaceTiming your mom, and she's like kind of. It's yeah, like on uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall with when Bill Hader and his his, his wife and yeah. that. Yeah, and they're yeah. like being closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Further back, like, you know, a little bit closer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I feel like. Back. All the virtual fans are. They're just like, huh? huh? I mean, how how about the Pelicans having empty seats in the virtual space? I mean, that was even worse. It was <laughs> yeah. kind of like, what are we even doing here? Like, why even why put them on blast like that? I uh, I didn't um, get it. I'm not a fan of the virtual fans. Either. I'm not a fan of it, but like, I don't. I, but it's probably cool for some people. So whatever. I'm not going to rain on their parade. Positive yeah. vibes only. I'll let Positive it go. But like, if I'm being honest if i was in a if i was in a closed door meeting with the nba and they're like what do you think should we keep it or not i'm like get rid of it cut just, it just cut it um also the home game idea that's kind of stupid too like what what are we doing like putting lakers logos on the floor and pelicans logos and like 
pretending like it's a home game. Like we don't need to do all that. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's obviously not a home game. Like just make it a neutral thing. Like who cares? What you're you're trying too hard with the home court advantage garbage. I thought that was kind of dumb, but you know, whatever. But otherwise, the setup is amazing. I think the setup is it it blows me away. And we were watching the scrimmages, so like I, I kind of knew it was gonna be awesome, but um Having the TNT broadcast, then they throw it into the actual broadcast from inside the arena and all the camera angles. I, I, I am going to eat crow on my take that uh, from a month or so ago where I said, like, I feel like the ratings are going to wane because, like, people are going to watch initially because it's going to be a novelty and there's nothing going on and we just want sports back and all that kind of thing. But I felt like by the time the finals come around, it's going to be so weird watching it under these conditions that I feel like casual fans are going to tune out. I – completely take that back i i felt like watching it tonight it felt like you were watching real nba basketball like and if you weren't paying it if you were just locked in on the basketball you wouldn't notice that it was like anything different until the virtual yeah. fans started sticking their nostrils <laughs> yeah 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 chris chris bosh's head is poking <laughs> through uh yeah i i think at, at some level the players showed a few times that they noticed that there weren't any fans to distract yeah. them, right like there was a there was a jamichael green anthony davis like review and the two of those guys before the review they're like they're kind of just like no nah, i was off you and then it yeah, was just yeah, like yeah. there's only two of them that were talking so it was like no nah, i was <laughs> off you and then it's just like you kind of realize yeah there's no one else in here we're kind of in a let's just shoot for it <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, it's kind of like we're in a stage you know what i mean at yeah, some yeah. level so it's like that funny because everything, like you said, is just like a normal game, except for like those weird moments where someone will check out. Like yeah. uh, at one point, uh, LeBron went up for a layup and he ended up missing a layup. And it was Joe Kim Noah, who I watched pretty much throughout this entire game. He goes, hell no. <laughs> but, like, he, and you could hear him, you know, from yeah. the bench. And that is, uh, I mean, obviously sometimes you cool. get ahead, if yeah. you get like a quarter three, but I think that adds something to it because it's more, it does. I mean, I, yeah, I love shit talk. So it, it, it does look, uh, it does look like the Vanderbilt court a little bit though. You got the big, the yeah. wide sidelines and the, yeah, all, all it's missing is John Calipari on the baseline, stomping his foot, trying to get his freshman point guard to get his head out of his ass. Yeah. And Kevin Stallings cussing <laughs> out everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all we're missing. You add that and it's like, oh my God, are we watching Vanderbilt, Kentucky on a Tuesday Man, night? <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. With Jimmy uh, Dykes on the call. <laughs> The, the, the last thing I have to say is Ian Eagle and Stan Van Gunny just having the plexiglass in between them to split. Yeah, them. they're sitting yeah. right next to each other. That's pretty funny too. I, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, the, the, how about the T? How about yeah. the TNT set that took a, that was at least fifty yards wide? Yeah, I mean, Shag basically had to use a megaphone to yell over to Chuck to tell him what he was talking about. I mean, that was, uh, but it's kind of funny to keep them that far apart uh, then, just for fighting purposes. And then Shaq was late to the first show because of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, Kenny was so eager to to be back on the air that he used his his Lou Williams joke like five times about how Lou Williams is there for wings, but he was actually there for legs and thighs. And he just, he just kept going to that well over and over. <laughs> We're yeah, like, we get it. Yeah. Kitty, Kitty, we get it. We get yeah. it. The strippers. We get yeah. it. <laughs> and then at the end, Charles Barkley was like, chicken wing Williams. <laughs> Sweet Lou wings. I was like, man, like Lou so, Williams has to turn this TV on. Under normal circumstances, I'm rolling my eyes, but I, I feel the same way they do. You're just so giddy to be back. You're, you know, positive vibes only. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get know. on them. It's, uh, it's, it's great to have basketball back. What a night. What an opening night, too. Two great games. It's, and, and it dawned on me as we're watching them, like, every game in the bubble is going to be awesome because – except the ones the Wizards are involved in because mm. all the teams are great that are in the bubble. Like, I, yeah. that's obvious. But then you kind of say it out loud and think about it. And you're like, yeah, so every matchup is going to be great. It's not like any of these teams are playing the, the Cavs or something down the stretch. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Wait to take a shot at the Cavs, <laughs> yeah. man. And Come the best on. part is, Tate, we're not done. Tomorrow, 
Mm. There's like a full slate, and it just goes on and on. And, and it starts like at eleven o'clock, and it's kind of like the games. The, <sighs> the games are built in like an inverted pyramid, where it just gets better and better uh, as the day wanes on, which is uh, amazing. And uh, I, I basically, you know, as far as like the first two games, yeah, I'm really excited. But we had a better idea, or we had an idea for like the preview for you and I, and because we are basketball people and we are college basketball people let's just take a break and come back and set it up okay let's do it perfect yeah yeah let's just do that quick break to get a word from our sponsor DraftKings. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting it's a legitimate sports book based right here in the u.s so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure DraftKings, america's top rated sports book app is safe secure and reliable you can deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience and with nba promotions for the week of 727 that's you know this week right now uh we got a ton of stuff going on uh, on DraftKings, and you can place a 25 dollars bet on who you think will be crowned the champion at the end of the season uh and get a 25 dollars free bet to use on a single game for the first two days of the resumed nba season uh new users get a sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. If the Sportsbook app is not yet available in your state, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app for this weekend's golf tournament. They are offering a share of $1 million. That is not a typo, $1 million. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TATE. When you sign up for a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Just enter promo code TATE when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And we're also brought to you by First Leaf. Picture this. You're at home finishing a glass of wine, and just as you're about to pour another, it happens. The realization you're all out, and there's no backup bottle. I call that no venophobia, the fear of running out of wine. But thanks to First Leaf, I get personalized boxes of wine shipped right to my door. Mark Titus and I both, we got our own personalized our personalized. Pers- what, yeah. what kind of wine do you like, Tate? Oh, what, what kind of, what kind of wine? Red wine, Cabernets, of course. I mean, you know. I'm a cab guy as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had, I had First Leaf hooked me up, man. They sent me six bottles. I, I tried one the other night and it, it like, it looked fancy. I'm, I'm a big time. Like, I, I have a very small brain when I do pick out wine, though. I always do just go for the coolest looking bottle. Yeah, no, it, I think I, I'm that stupid. Well, you know this, Mark Titus. Uh, Sam Cassell told the world, North Carolina fans, we're wine and cheese. So, uh, you know, I drink wine and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm excited about the whole First Leaf experience, and I'm glad that they're with mm. us. And uh, we, we need as much wine as we can get during a pandemic. And you can join First Leaf by taking a quick quiz to assess your wine drinking preferences. Uh, Titus and I both did that before we got our bottles sent. Then First Leaf will send you exactly six expertly picked bottles of wine based on your answers. And here's the cool part. First Leaf uses your ratings and feedback to refine future shipments. Just give each bottle a thumbs up or a thumbs down online, and First Leaf will take care of the rest. You can also choose what types of wine you want in your next box. Subscriptions are super flexible. You can choose when and how often you want to get your shipments. Mm-hmm. First Leaf has a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you receive a bottle you aren't into, First Leaf will cover those costs. Sign up today to get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping for a year. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95 and free shipping for an entire year at tryfirstleaf.com slash Tate. Go try first leaf. Don't don't be drinking the same. Don't be the bozo that goes to the grocery store and buys the same five dollar bottle of wine every time. And and you never branch out. Branch first out. First leaf's amazing. Yeah. Branch out. Yeah. This is your first leaf. Just branch. Uh, back to the podcast. All right, Tate. You want to set this up? 
Yeah, let's do it. So we got you got the NBA back and everyone's doing their predictions, which is basically like who's going to win the East, who's going to win the West, who's going to be the MVP, who's going to be, you know, the most outstanding player, who's going to be the most improved in the bubble, all this sort uh-huh. of stuff. But uh-huh. let's just keep it bubble. Contenders, pretenders. Yeah, all the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Offenders. Tears. You know, what are your, yeah. what are your, just real quick, what Offenders. are your tears? Let's, let's, let's rip through the tears. I'm just kidding. I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm tired of tear talk. We're, at, we're, we're done with tear talk. So let's talk about breaking the tears. Let's break this whole thing up. Let's talk about bubble breakers or bu- bubble yeah. breakouts, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, basically, guys, this is my definition of it, Mark Titus. We, we have five players that we have picked. Um, okay. And for my bubble breakers, these are guys that are less than five years in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that they haven't really like solidified themselves in the league. They're still finding their footing. Um, and then they're going to make a name in the bubble for themselves. And that's a very uh, wide range, uh, a wide open thing that you yeah. can say. Because make a name could be as simple as like make a shot, make a big play, like a Quinn Cook type moment um, that could happen. But for me, it's very open-ended. I don't know if you have anything more specific, but that was what I said. No, I, I, in the league, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. I would just say, like, yeah, we wanted to do, like, a big-picture thing, and then we thought about it, and it's like, what what good is – are we really adding anything to the conversation to be like, I think – I believe in the Bucks. We're tired of predictions. Uh, I think – I don't believe in the Sixers um, <laughs> or the Rockets. Uh, like, that, that's not as fun for us. What was more fun is – uh, you brought this point up a couple weeks ago that the bubble, the circumstances of the bubble, lend themselves lend, lends itself to these breakout stars. Where like a guy yeah. who maybe under normal circumstances the pressure of a playoff game on the road uh, is too much, but now he's he's in like an AAU atmosphere. There's no crowd to bother him. The the, mm-hmm. the stakes. Maybe he doesn't feel the pressure of the moment. Um, and then also like the background that we've talked about a few times about how it's a fixed background. Maybe he hits a couple shots. He gets flowing a little bit. He starts feeling good. You, we, we are both, we share, we both share the opinion that there will be a bubble breakout star. Like yes. there will be somebody, there will be somebody that like America does not know who this guy is. And then the NBA bubble happens and they're like, Oh my God, he balled out. He came out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. so what we're trying to do is we are trying to guess who that guy is. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We are throwing yeah. a bunch of darts at the yes. dartboard trying to hit a, hit a bullseye. And with the caveat being, we understand that all of, most of these picks are not going to even see the court probably. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe if they not. do, maybe one of them hits and we look smart. And then we just like clip up the video of us talking about that one guy and we say we called it. That's really all we're trying to do here. <laughs> exactly. And, and there you go. These are our bubble breakers. Uh, and I can't wait to call up these guys. Do you want to go? Do you want to do the honors first, Mark Titus? Who's your first bubble Okay. I, I, sure. Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So mine, I have a couple straightforward ones in the yeah. sense that like they're names that people know. And then I have some deep cuts. So the okay. first one, my number five is a straightforward one. It is uh, the number six pick of the 2018 draft. His name is Mo Bamba. He mm. plays for the Orlando Magic. He, I'll, I'll, I'll walk that back. He's on the Orlando Magic, Magic <laughs> roster. He doesn't really play. He hasn't really cracked the rotation in his two years uh, with the Magic. But the reason I have him as a bubble breaker is this, Tate. He, he, he's put on a lot of muscle. I don't know if you okay. saw the – Okay, I did. I don't know I if did. it's uh, – 20 pounds, right? That's what they were saying. Yeah, 20 that's what pounds. what you were reporting, of, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> a pure, tight, thick, <laughs> dynamic, explosive muscle – not That's a it. not an ounce of fat that he put on. That's this is it. not the Bryson DeChambeau <laughs> diet. He was on the Zion Williamson mm-hmm. lean muscle. Um, I'm picking him because uh, uh, I, I don't know. I just envision a scenario. Maybe maybe the Magic get the eight seed. Uh, the, what are, what are the, where are they are the eight seed right? Yeah, they're the eight seed in the uh, yeah yeah. And the Wizards are not going to catch up with it. Yeah, the yeah. Wizards are not going to catch. So I, what, what am I saying? Maybe for it, they're going to get the eight seed. <laughs> they play the Bucks in the first round. Let's say. Um, 
you know, they, they the, the Magic don't have a rim protector. The, the Bucks, Giannis can't shoot. So, like, the Magic decide, like, we want to pack it in a little bit, make Giannis shoot, make him get to the rim. We'll challenge him at the rim. Maybe they throw Mom, Mo Bamba in there. He's no longer, like, super skinny. He's, he's, he's you know, he's, he's put on all that muscle. Yep. I'm, I'm rolling the dice that Mo Bamba gets a little more action in the because the Magic realized we're not beating the Bucks. We might as well just throw some shit out there and see what happens. So they're going to give Mo Bamba a little bit of an opportunity. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it hits. I'm hoping it sticks because the guy's talented. And he's also like for all the, like the, 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 for him not playing, he's taking it well. Like he, he's not, uh, all, all the reports coming out of Orlando are such. It's like, he's working hard, you know, he's working he's not, hard. Yeah. He's not like sulking. He's not like, I want to get traded. He's like, yeah, I understand. I got to work my way into this rotation. So, um, I feel like when he gets his opportunity, he's not going to look at the coach and be like about goddamn time. He's going to be like, all right, coach, I'm ready. So that's, that's my number five. Mo That's a great pick. And Mo Bamba is a guy that you and I and Tommy Alter one time at Summer League all had dinner. And uh, and it was the it was probably the funniest. Like, if you were just to walk up on four people at a table, like, I'm sure Mo Bamba had no idea why he was at that table. You well, and he I ordered dinner. Did he eat dinner? Did he, did he say, no, I'll be right I, I back? Think, and he went yeah, up to his hotel and never came back. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was like, yeah, I want chicken parm. And then he just went back to his room. Yeah. And then, um, and then I think wow. we split his chicken parm. Think, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, that's yeah, that's a win for us. And then we're like, Tommy, <laughs> pay for that. Uh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. My number five pick is a guy that it, this is this is someone that I feel like America has not latched onto, and I feel like they should. Um, and maybe not. I might be wrong. But I'm SMU forever uh, and always. We're Mustangs for life. You know that. Um, and the starting point guard of the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that I believe has a real chance, my personal favorites to come out of the East. What? Man, yes. No. A man by the name no. of Sniper Shake. Shake. Sniper yeah. Shake Milton out of SMU, a point guard, the now starting point guard, a man that Larry Brown scouted, a man that Larry Brown saw and said, this is a guard that I can trust, that I can give him the ball. He understands the game. Ben Simmons is able to shift down to the power forward position. Joel Embiid wore a hazmat suit. He knows he's down here strictly for business. His business is basically to pander to the Sixers fans. The best way to do that is to win a title. I think the Sixers are all in. I think Sniper Shake is the perfect point guard for this situation. And my number five pick, my number one bubble breaker in my heart, is the SMU point guard. Sniper Shake Milton. I, I won't knock the pick of Shake Milton as your bubble breaker, but the Sixers. He's my bubble breaker. I, I hate the Sixers. I, I know you say. do. I hate I, the Sixers. America does. America hates the Sixers. I, 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 the Sixers to me feel like a worse version of the 90s Pacers, where like they exist, but like they just don't know it yet. But the whole reason they exist is to just be the folly for the better, t- the actual good teams. Like they, they don't actually exist. They're, they're good enough. To where when the Bucks beat them, everyone's like, wow, what a hard-fought series by the Bucks." That was what the Pacers did in the 90s every year. They lose in the Eastern Conference Finals in seven games. Or the, yeah, they lost the, the Pacers lost in the Eastern Conference Finals like every goddamn year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the Sixers. But the Sixers don't even make it to the Eastern no, no, Finals. No. They make it to the semis. I'm telling you right now, just think about this. Think about this. It's the, it's the NBA Finals. We've made it. The bubble has been a success. And Sniper Shake and the Sixers are taking on Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers. And Sniper Shake says to himself, you know what? I've dropped 39 points on these fools already before. <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world to do this again. Ben Simmons is shutting down PG, and mm-hmm. Sniper Shake mm-hmm. takes over, hits some big shots, and, and uh, he, it, he's basically Mario Chalmers of this team. And, and 800,000 uh, people are watching because <laughs> yeah. not LeBron versus Giannis like we wanted it to be. <laughs> and I'm fired. The lowest-rated finals of all yeah. time. <laughs> Sniper Shake, go Sixers. 
That's, I, I, I like the Shake Milton pick, but uh, I, I, I don't <laughs> You know. don't like the rest of I've you seen like this Shake story Milton. before with the Sixers, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like they – yeah, whatever. Who cares? I don't, I don't want to turn that po- the podcast into that. It's like, okay. That's, this is what we're trying to avoid is me um, talking <laughs> about my you favorites just, out of these. You just watch out for the Sixers fans. Yeah, yeah. They'll yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah they, we don't want that. Uh, my number four pick is a rookie for the Houston Rockets. Uh, his name is Chris Clemens. Yes. He is five foot nine. A camel. He, he gets buckets. Mm-hmm. He is a Campbell Camel. Uh, his last three years of college. Yeah, that's five times. Campbell Camel. Campbell Campbell. Chris Clements, Campbell Campbells. Yes. Chris Clements, Campbell. Uh, his last three years of college, he averaged 25 points. Amazing. 25 points and 30 points. His final three seasons as a collegiate basketball player. Uh, he's my pick for this reason, Tate. We know the Rockets. We know their style of play, which is jack threes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just throw a bunch of guards out there. Throw up threes. Don't worry about defense and hope they go in. Make yeah, shots. Play the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's play. Daryl Morey. Exactly. Morey listens to the pod. Make shots. You have to make shots. He's like, let's make shots. Uh, so I, uh, with Eric Gordon has a, has a, a sprained ankle, right? Uh, he, yep. He's going to be out for at least two weeks is what they're saying. Uh, Russ Westbrook's coming off the coronavirus situation. Like I, I, I assume he's going to be back to hundred percent, but I don't know just for the purposes of me trying to sell this pick, I'm going to pretend like Russ is not quite hundred percent yet. Mm-hmm. Um, all the guards in the lineup are getting bumped up. You got Austin Rivers getting bumped. He's going to get more minutes. I assume Ben Mclemore is going to get more minutes. Maybe Chris Clemens. He's not going to get like, he, he's not going to take over minutes for Eric. He's not going to take over the Eric Gordon role. I'm not saying he is, mm-hmm. but you know, he, he's, he's averaged throughout the season. He averaged like eight, nine minutes a game maybe that gets moved up to like 12 to 15 mm. and maybe he gets in there he averaged he averaged like five points a, he, he, i think there was I, I i wrote this down i should find it in my notes and so i don't actually yeah there it is he scored 15 or more in five different games this year tate like mm-hmm. there were there were instances where the rockets were like whether they were up by a lot or down by a lot, whatever they're just like play go go score and then he, he balled out he scored he, so he has it with he, he scored 15 points five times in an nba game tate this could happen this could happen, there. yeah. And Chris Clemens, this guy gets it, buckets. Yeah. yeah, and he's a certified bucket, and he basically has always been that way. I mean, throughout his entire life, everyone knows Chris Clemens knows how to score. And like you said, the Rockets are a team where if they are searching for someone to be hot, this guy is a hot hand on the bench. Yes. And they'll, they'll give him a chance, I feel like, especially in some of these games, like you said, that maybe not, may not matter for seeding or if Russ is sitting yes. out for whatever yes. reason. They're like, hey, Chris Clemens, go get us 25 points. He's like, okay, I can He's do like, that. Cool, yeah, Thanks. yeah. <laughs> so I, and, then, and then like maybe he plays well in one of those games that doesn't matter for seeding. Then they're like, mm-hmm. ooh, we should use you more in the playoffs. Yes. And then he gets a little run in the playoffs. He hits the first couple shots and then – the rest is history. Before you know it, he's averaging <laughs> nine points a game in a playoff series. Yeah, people were saying he's the next Steve franchise, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he's the, he's the Why not? point guard. Why yeah, not? Exactly. Yeah. Why not? Come on. Chris Clemens forever. Uh, All right. Number four for me is a package deal, and it's because they're on a team that will be quickly out of the bubble very quick. You know, basically, by the time we get done with these eight games, we will not see them anymore, and that's why they are a package deal. But it's a team that I really love, and uh, and I say love in, in the strangest way. It's the Phoenix Suns, and uh, it's two players – that are near and dear to my heart. One of them is Jerome Rome, Sir mm-hmm. Ty Jerome, friend of the program, of course, and young Cameron Johnson. Mm. I mean, in the last uh, scrimmage game for the Suns, had 19 points. And wow. He looked every bit of 6'8". And he looked... <laughs> he looked every bit of... <laughs> every bit of 6'8", let me just say. And he is basically the perfect... Bullet player. points, 19 points. 
Looked every bit of six eight. Every <laughs> bit of six eight. Uh, full six eight. Um, no, I'm just saying in a gym like this, like we were talking about an empty gym. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson is uh, the six foot eight version of Reggie Miller to me, in the sense that he is just a pure stroke. Like you throw that guy the ball, the guy loves to shoot the basketball, and he's going to make shots. Mm-hmm. If he gets the playing time, which he is now, he and Mikel Bridges are a problem on the wing. I love both of them together. I kind of like the Suns team a lot. They have a lot of talent on the bench, like Jalen Luke a guy that should have played at NC State but then decided to go straight to the NBA and obviously he's getting some run now. Um, But Ty Jerome being the point guard, kind of running the show, keeping the rest of these guys like Aaron Baines and DeAndre Ayton who are all over the place kind of in control, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of keeping the Mm -hmm. offense state. Let Devin Booker go and get his when you need to. And then you have Cam spotting up in the corner, hitting a bunch of threes. I love what the Phoenix Suns are able to do with their second unit, and uh, that's my package deal. Cam I'm going to be honest with you. I, I didn't realize the Suns were in the bubble. <laughs> so, oh, you got to watch the Suns. The, the, the Suns. I had no I, idea the Suns were actually in the bubble. The, the Suns are the best college basketball team in the bubble, and I say that with a full heart. They have Javon Carter, um, who you and I both know is one of mm-hmm. the best defenders ever out of West Virginia. They got Frank Kaminsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're just Kelly Oubre. I mean, they just have everybody that you would want. Uh, of course, check the aloe, Mikel Bridges. Yeah, Mikel Bridges, yeah. friend of the program. He's been on the show. Uh, yeah, they, they could win the ACC, I think. I think they could definitely win, yeah, of the, course. They could have won the ACC. <laughs> they're a fun team, but they, they, you only get them for seven more games, only, eight games. Yeah. yeah, Eight games of their own. Uh, I like it. I like that pick. My number three pick is uh, the new starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets, Chris Chioza. Uh, he is a second-year player. He uh, hasn't, if we're being honest, you look mm. at his stats, basically his entire basketball career. I know he was all SEC his final year at Florida. Um, but he kind of like, if we're being completely honest, he wasn't, he didn't really like light it up at Florida. He wasn't like a guy that, yep. you know, I think the casual college basketball fan remembers, except for the the shot to beat Wisconsin in the, uh, uh, what was that? twenty? That was 2017, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the mm-hmm. Sweet 16. And then they ended up losing to South Carolina in the lead eight. Uh, he hits the buzzer beat to beat Wisconsin. But he was all – and then he comes back next year. He's all SEC. Uh, he's, he's averaging 11 and a half minutes in 11 games for the Nets this year. He's only mm. averaging 5.2 points. But he's shooting 44% from the three-point line, Tate. He uh, has a three-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. So there's, like, signs that, like, in small sample sizes, he could be okay. And the reason I have him number three on my list is because a lot of the guys I have on my list are, like, if they get opportunities – Chris Chioza will get an opportunity. He's mm-hmm. going to start for mm-hmm. the Nets. For he, sure. the, the Nets have, I think, seven guys on the roster right now. <laughs> so I mean, Chris Chioza out. can go out there. He can miss his first seven shots, and he's still going to continue to get playing time. So I have him on my list because, like, I don't think a lot of people know who he is. And the, the situation is ripe for Chris Chioza. And they're going to make the playoffs, too. Like, they're going to mm-hmm. they're going to, so they're going to play in the eight games, and then they're going to play in a playoff series. So he's going to have a lot of opportunity. So Chris Chioza, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. He is the man, for people that don't know, the general fan, he is the man that ended the discount double check. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Right. Show yeah. off or hit the three and then did the double check. And Wisconsin went up two. Yep. And then he did the full court dribble, did the running floater where like, like yep. as the ball is going into the rim, he's like standing underneath the basket. Exactly. Like his momentum carries him to yeah, the, yeah. Catch the ball. Yeah. And yeah. he hit the shot, and uh, they won that game. It was and a Madison it was, Square it, Garden, I think. Yeah, exactly. And into the discount yeah. double check. So uh, for college basketball fans, that's Chris Chioza. For the NBA fans, uh, he ended a, st- a State Farm bid for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, that was yeah. that, that's Chris <laughs> that's There, there you, go. you go. Uh, your number three. All right, my number three is a guy that uh, is probably one of my favorite names ever in basketball, uh, next to God Sham God. It's OG Ananobi. Um, mm-hmm. a guy that tore his ACL uh, a couple seasons ago, and then this year. 
at one point was shooting 45% from three. And OG Ananobi is every bit a 6'9", 6, 6'10", 6, uh, whatever you want to call. I mean, he's the perfect Siakam piece with the Raptors. The Raptors, in my opinion, as the defending champions, like you said, very underrated team, uh, a sleeper team, possibly the favorites to some, because, again, they have not given away their championship. But OG Ananobi, uh, his, one of his last major games that I watched was in March, and they played the Nuggets, and he had 32 points in that game. I think he had like 32, seven and five or something like that. And that game stuck with me. And I said to myself, wow, have the Raptors just, they've lost the finals MVP in Kawhi Leonard yet. They've been able to replace him with OG and Siakam. And uh, the veterans on that team are great. Van Vliet's a great leader of this team. He's talked about OG kind of falling into that role. And then I watched this video with Serge Ibaka uh, forever ago. And he's like in this room and it's like a Cribs episode and he and OG Ananobi are arguing over who made scarves hot, like who, who was the one that put them on <laughs> scarves. And, and Serge Ibaka just keeps saying, OG, OG, I do art, bro. I do art. <laughs> and OG's like, you don't do art. And, I, uh, and it just was this moment in time where I'm like, the confidence that OG Ananobi has as a second-year player to be going at Serge Ibaka yeah. like this, um, I like it a lot. And I feel like he's the perfect player to kind of blow up in this bubble. And he's an Indiana guy, so you love him. Yeah, I was going to say, do you think yeah. you're saying by the end of these, this playoff run, Tom Crean will be claiming OG <laughs> yes, alongside sure. Dwayne Wade and Victor Oladipo? Lock it in. That's the one. <laughs> Put that clip out. Tom Crean. And Anthony Oladipo. Edwards. That's yeah. his Mount Rushmore. Yes. Of, uh, yes. He, goes into, he goes into the living rooms <laughs> of recruits, and he's like, you know I coached. Yeah. And then he lists his four guys. Those are his four. He's like, your son reminds me of OG. Cody Zeller, sorry, you're out. OG and Anobi, you're in. <laughs> yes, 100%. I love it. Great pick. Uh, my number two pick, Tate. Uh, this is this is a straightforward one. Mo Bamba, I felt like, is pretty straightforward. Yeah. This one is uh, probably should have been number one, to be honest with you. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. We we have been following the Michael Porter Jr. mystery for years, literally years, years, years. literally years, trying to figure out how good is Michael. And Porter it has Jr. continued to be the craziest. It will continue. Mystery. The mystery has added some wrinkles. Most recently, uh, coronavirus <laughs> conspiracy theories. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Michael Porter Jr. is kind of like lost the the series where it started out with so much promise, and we were like, "This is everything yes. you want." Like, yes. Steve Ballmer says he's the best basketball player he's ever seen. Like, he's coming from Washington. We he's gonna go to Missouri. I think. We're we're at the we're at the point now where the smoke monster and the polar bear are <laughs> having a love child and yeah. its name is Jacob or something. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, the I, polar bear just walked out. This is the end of season three, and we're we're kind of like, wow, what is going on here? The mystery has be has been completely ramped up. The Nuggets, uh, as we said earlier, they're Gonzaga. They're like the uh, the people who know really like believe yeah. in them, and they're like, yeah, Jokic is is. Man, you got to. It's Karnowski. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jokic Karnowski. Uh, <laughs> they 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 throw out the the uh, the tall ball um, lineup in one of these scrimmages, and and they got they got the league talking. Jalen Rose is a believer that tall ball mm-hmm. is the new revolution of the NBA, yep. and the Nuggets the are, are leading back. the way, and all yep. that kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, Michael Porter Jr. has if, if like everyone kind of knows his name if you've been following basketball, and certainly if you've been listening to the show, you know Michael Porter Jr. But like he's never actually done anything. Like he's still like we're still waiting for like like he's had his his spurts in the NBA, but he's averaging 14 minutes a game as a rookie this year. Remember, he didn't play last year. He's a he, he last year was his rookie year. Is that, that's mm-hmm. what we call he it? He redshirted um, as an NBA lottery he's pick. He's a redshirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then he, he, this year is his rookie year. He's played 14 minutes a game. He's averaging seven and a half points, four and a half, 4.1 rebounds, decent stats, but like, he's still just kind of like, 
lingering as like a fringe rotation guy that kind of comes in and does some. I'm calling my shot that Michael Porter Jr. has had the rest. He's had enough time to come up with his corona conspiracies. He's had enough time to nurse his back injury that's been plaguing him for God knows how long. Yeah. And I think he's gonna get some he's gonna get some run for the Nuggets and he's gonna ball out. That's my prediction. Yeah, shout out to Mike Malone, his coach, who when he was asked about this, he basically did the greatest sidestep I've ever seen. He goes, look, I told these guys to, t- to treat everything with, with sensitivity and care. But again, I'm not the thought police. <laughs> it's like, all right, there's your answer. It's like, I don't want to set a precedent where I tell my players to shut the hell up. But like, but, God damn, Michael, shut the hell like, up. Show some damn sensitivity and shut yeah. the hell up. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's so funny because Michael Porter Jr. was on my list as well. So I'll just take that as my number two. Um, okay. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, and Bull Bull. So I'll just, maybe I'll just throw Bull Bull as mine so we can just stay with the Nuggets. So okay. those two guys together are going to be somehow talked about more. Like you talked about Twitter and like versus the reality. The Nuggets may lose in the first round of the playoffs, but we may get more Bull Bull content and yeah. coverage than anyone else in the entire bubble. Um, you mentioned the bulbo bubble, the, how close the bulbo, they are, yep. that the, there's the, there's all that in play. And also these two guys, they pass really well. So, and they both can hit three so they can stretch. They're basically both stretch fives. Um, and they play well together because they've been playing on the scout team with each other. So they yeah. have a lot of familiarity <laughs> yeah. with each other. So they, they kind of have a rapport with one another. They're like, they're, they're- it's, yeah, they're they're, they're like so the, gifted. It's kind of like it's unfair. Like the first team for the Nuggets when they they show the practice tape, they're playing against like Will Barton, Bull Bull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's kind of like man, the Nuggets are deep. Like it reminds me of uh when when I was a freshman and I played a little JV. Uh, I I was like half varsity, half JV, and uh, I would play. Uh, I was on the JV when I when I would be on the JV team. I it was me and Lance Lynn, who's the starting pitcher for the Texas Rangers now. And like nice. unbelievable first start to the season, by the way, but Lance Lynn was a, he was a f- fucking animal. Like he was, he's six, five, like two sixty. It was an absolute beast on the low block. And, but he hated our coach too. And uh, anyway, like he and I would play JV together and we would absolutely wreck the varsity every time we played. That's what, that's what that reminds me of is like, I just remember those days where like, like if you came to our practices, we beat the varsity every single day. But like we were playing on the JV. That's how I feel the Nuggets are right now. It's like those two guys are like the the guys that everyone will talk about is Michael Porter and Bull Bull. Jokic Jokic is a media darling. Everyone loves Jokic and Jamal Murray. Like the, the Nuggets are good. I don't mean to say they're not good, um, and it's not deserved that everyone loves them. But God, like because and it's part part of it too is like the draft strategy because they had a lot of questions. Both of these guys were injured coming out uh, of college, yep. and the Nuggets. Like the Nuggets are patting themselves on the back and popping the champagne. Like we we rolled the dice on these guys, and now they're unbelievable. And like we are yeah. the geniuses of the draft. <laughs> I mean, yeah. here, here's a scout team five for the Nuggets: Will Barton, who's Willie Beeman, a guy that can always get a bucket. Kata Bates Diop, your boy. I mean, that's uh-huh. ridiculous. Bull Bull, yeah. Michael Porter Jr., and PJ Dozier. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, with a starting guard in Troy Daniels, who like could also be on that scout team, a guy that's been a starting point yeah. guard. So I mean, like the, the Nuggets are a really deep team. They're a really interesting team. I wonder if they almost in the playoffs have too many pieces because that's, that's my worry about yeah. your bull pick is like I don't think bull bull is going to get a lot of run because I think they're so deep that like he's he's like the eleventh or twelfth guy on the roster. But but but, but there's a, there's a certain point where if you're Mike Malone, you kind of look at at Noah Vonley, you know, struggle to catch a basketball and turn around <laughs> and make a shot, and you say I might as well try Michael Porter Jr. or bull bull. You know what yeah, I mean? Like that, yeah. I think that's uh, why it's fascinating because like the bubble. It's a different experience. It's kind of like, why not play these guys? There's no pressure. There's no fans. 
Like, Bull Bull has never been more excited to be playing basketball. You know what I mean? It's just, I, just for Twitter. I should have made the reference of the uh, – I should have referenced the uh, the college all-star team that beat the Dream Team. That, that's the yeah. better reference. The, the JV beat university is in, in 92 <laughs> when they were uh, – when Chris Weber beat up on uh, the Dream Team. Right. And then the Dream Remember. Team was like, hey, you guys are coming back to the gym. And they were like, what, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Hurley and Chris Weber gave them work. Um, the, only team, yeah. the, the only team the Dream Team ever lost to was a college all-star team. Uh, my number one pick, lock it in. This is I, – I could not be more confident. A lot of these, I said I'm throwing darts at the board, hoping one of them sticks. This one's sticking. This one is like I, – I, yeah, it couldn't be more of a bullseye. This is happening. Um, Matt Thomas of the Toronto mm. Raptors, mm. a rookie out of mm. Iowa State. Mm. Uh, strong. You, you brought That's up strong. Ananobi. That's a strong pick. That's uh, strong. You brought up Ananobi. Uh, the Tor- I think we're on the same page in that the Toronto Raptors fit the mold of a team that that lends itself to a guy like like Fred Van Vliet fit this role, right? Yeah. In the past, sure. Siakam fit this role in the past. So like a guy that was like, who the hell is this guy that's like balling mm-hmm. out right now? Matt Thomas. 16 points against the Blazers on Sunday. He's averaging just like around 10 minutes a game, but he's shooting Tate on the season, 10 minutes a game this season for the Raptors. He's shooting 47% from the three-point line on the year. If you're, if you're going to look me in the eye and tell me that Matt Thomas is not going to get hot during the Raptors run in the bubble, he's not going to get then hot. Then you don't know game. Matt Thomas. You then know you're out of, then either you don't know Matt Thomas or you're out of your goddamn mind because this man will get hot. He will, he will go nuts at least one game. Twitter will be a buzz. Like, who is this white dude for the Raptors? Matt, named Matt Thomas with the most generic name. And then they're going to say, of course, he went to Iowa State. And there's just going to be like this whole discovery period of people that are like finding out about who Matt Thomas is. Lock it in. Matt Thomas is my pick for like the guy who, like, all the casual NBA fans are like, where the hell did this guy come from? He's my bubble yes. breaker. There you go. Bubble breaker, Matt Thomas. I love that pick. I love the idea that the Raptors have like a, a, a assassin from the three-point line. That They just put a guy in that's a sniper that yeah. is, has the most generic name in sports. And it sounds like he, he might not even be Matt Thomas. You know what I mean? Yeah. He sounds like a European guy that they're just like, oh, yeah, dude. Call if Matt Thomas. If, if, if <laughs> he's he was... the inverse of what we thought you had to do. Yeah. Is yeah, Steve Mikhailuk really Matt Thomas? That's the real yeah, question. Yeah, if, if his name was Steve Mikhailuk, if his name was Steve Mikhailuk, he would be getting 26 minutes a game. Right <laughs> if his name now. was Bogdanovich, yeah. he's playing 25 minutes at least. <laughs> yeah, at least. That's for sure. At That's least. Sure. He's just, the problem is he's Matt Thomas from Iowa, and it's like, come on, he can't be that good, right? But he is. Yeah. And I think, I think it's going to bear itself out that Matt Thomas, uh, just absolute wet Jay. He's a flamethrower, and, uh, and you'll see. You'll see. Just I, I'm all the other ones were like I'm just kind of taking a shot in the dark. That one I'm not taking a shot. I'm staking my reputation on it. Matt Thomas mm-hmm. will have a breakout performance. I I honestly I love that pick. <laughs> I love the idea of Matt Thomas doing that, and the, the, like Fox pulls up this video yeah, of this day, and you're like. Guaranteed, Matt Thomas makes Shit, this happen. What did I just? Did I just say I'd stake my reputation? <laughs> Your entire reputation on Matt uh, Thomas. Oh, oh God! Come on, Matt! Come <laughs> on, Matt! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> what Honestly, I, I feel like John Diebler's texting Matt Thomas right now <laughs> yeah. to get in his head. This is this is not what we want. <laughs> That's a great uh, pick. That's a great pick. Uh, I uh, I honestly had a really bad uh, like I my number one pick is gonna maybe upset you because it's not Matt Thomas level. It's it's honestly. It's honestly two on the spectrum or two on the radar for, for people. Um, but it's something that I have to do because of Converse. And it's because I'm in love with Converse. And I'm in love with the idea of a brand being built in the bubble. And the brand that is going to be built alongside a man that goes by CP3. He's going to build another brand next to him, SGA. 
Oh, Gil just <laughs> Alexander first in points on the Thunder, first in free throw attempts, first in game started, second in rebounds, second in steals, third in blocks, third in assists. I mean, the guy's the best player on the Thunder. He's 22 years old. Uh, he was averaging 9.8 points per game. This year, he's averaging 19 points per game. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you this. Uh, I know that everyone is talking about most improved player, and they want to they want to guarantee you it's Brandon Ingram or Bam Adebayo. It's SGA. Uh, he just signed with Converse. He is the most lanky he, he's got like Kawhi Leonard but he's a point guard mm-hmm. if that makes any sense mm-hmm. it just kind of I don't know how it happens but it's so smooth and it happens and he's unaffected by anything and he's also being mentored by I would say one of the best basketball brains around as far as manipulation mm-hmm. can go and uh and he's learning a lot from him so my pick is SGA but my real number one pick in Matt Thomas vein is Keldon Johnson uh, oh, I like that. Okay, because I was going to say, like, we, we started out at the same, like, we were on the same. No, that's, that, what we were that's, doing here. That, that, that's that's why I pivoted, I pivoted, I pivoted okay. away. I just wanted to mention SGA is going to blow okay. up. He's okay. too good to be on this list. So, my number one pick is Keldon Johnson, the Spurs. The Spurs, yeah, yeah. I don't know how long he's going to be in the bubble. Um, but, like I said, Keldon Johnson's been great out of Kentucky. I like his game. I think he's going to be a really good player. Just pick Kentucky guards and you get yeah. all of them. Just, exactly. just say like I'm, I'm taking all like do do what you did when we did the uh, the top five last dance pick and you're like I'm picking the entire Jordan family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Jordan family. <laughs> I'm taking the '98 Bulls as my pick. <laughs> you know what's second, funny? What? Like it, that just take rule. all the Kentucky guards, all of yeah. them. Yeah, honestly, except for Malik Monk, who has just broken my heart <laughs> so many times, so many times. This is fun. I like this exercise. The, the, those are our guys. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's that, – any honorable mentions? Who, who do we my, – my honorable mention was Bull Bull. I was going to have him on my list, but then what I said earlier, I just don't feel like he's ever going to get – I don't feel like they're going to play him. I don't feel like – the Nuggets are too deep, and I don't think he's going to get a, a chance. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, I had some real, like, homer picks, so I, here's a homer pick for you. The Trailblazers, I got Jalen Horde and Nasir Little. Those were two guys mm-hmm. that I thought could be honorable mention guys that maybe get a chance. Uh to, to do something, but I have a dishonorable mention. Uh, I watched the Wizards scrimmage the other day. Mo, Just- Mo Wagner. I was going to Mo <laughs> Wagner. Uh, Mo Wagner. Dishonorable mention. Uh, Duncan Robinson. Honorable <laughs> Dis- mention, but he's too good. Dishonorable mention. <laughs> dishonorable mention. Um, I, I honestly, the Wizards, I can't believe they're in the bubble, but if, if you want to watch a team that's just so interesting to watch from a college basketball perspective, like Ish Smith. You know, I mean, great Wake Forest card from the, the mid-2000s, mid to late 2000s. A guy to go check out. Uh, Mo Wagner, like I said, Johnny Williams from, from Gonzaga, Admiral Schofield, Jerome Robinson, Shabazz Napier, Hachimura, Jerry and Grant, Thomas Bryant from Indiana, Troy Brown from, uh, from Miami. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very much – we talked about the, the Suns should play the Wizards yeah, for the yeah. best college for the, for team the net- in the bubble. Yeah, for, the Suns should play the Wizards for the for the 2020 national yes. championship. That, I think whoever is. wins is the there 2020 is. NCAA tournament champion. Yes, yeah. and then you add up the schools that have the representation on that yeah. team, and they all get a banner. Perfect, <laughs> Gonzaga. You're gonna get your banner if Rui okay. wins. Done. That's Done. simple. Rick Barnes. He's Dis, like dishonorable mention. Mo Wagner. I love it. the The rivalry continues in Mo Wagner. Yes, forever. Um, <laughs> this man's second in the league in charges. Let's wrap this up. Shoutouts, closeouts. Man, I just want to shout out uh, basketball being back and shout out to, uh, you know, the, the NBA players in general. Steph Curry said they said that, you know, these are all, all my guys out there tonight. It was fun to watch everyone in unison be together. Making it about have- himself. Good job, Steph. You're not, you're not good <laughs> enough to be in the bubble, so you got to steal the – if LeBron did that, oh, my God. Oh, my God. If LeBron it was not in this bubble, there would be no he, bubble. <laughs> that is how that goes. But uh, I just want to shout out those guys all being on the same message. I thought it was yeah. powerful. 
Um, I, I, th- I think that I did too. I'll be honest. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought the way they did all the, the kneeling for the anthem and the, the names on the back of the Jersey, like it I was felt tasteful. like it was just the right amount yep. um, to where like it, it wasn't like anyone who's complaining that it's, it's interfering with the basketball. You're a moron. Like you're not, you're, yep. you're, you're coming into it with a biased thing already. Cause I really didn't feel like, I feel like it was powerful. They made their message. The basketball started and we watched the basketball Yep. And then like afterward, they interviewed LeBron and he kind of went back to the, you know what I mean? Like it was the way they handled it. It wasn't like, you know, I don't know. But the people that are going to complain, they're going to act like, you know, that every every two minutes the the whole game would stop and they'd all turn and face the camera and give us, like that wasn't going on. Like they, it was it was a perfect mixture of like powerful enough to send the message, but also like a nice release from the heaviness of the world that we're living in. And we can just all kick back and have a few beers and watch some basketball. I I thought they handled it perfectly. And it was a great game. Like, I mean, the basketball delivered on the backside of it. So uh, that that was awesome too. So it was perfect. Um, I want to shout out college basketball media members. I want to call them out actually uh, for, for stealing our (laughs) scoop. When we had the five-star Peyton Watson on our last show uh, commit to UCLA, we had the exclusive interview with him. And then all hell broke loose, Tate. Yeah. After, after he made his announcement, we got not nearly as much credit as we should have. Uh, thankfully, all the friends of the program were on Twitter tweeting at, at everybody saying, yeah. like, you know, cor- correction, please credit Titus and Tate. What are you mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so you guys did your part. But far too many people in the college basketball media were not. One of them was John Rostein. Uh, should we call Rostein and yeah. ask <laughs> what the hell happened? And, let, and- let, let's send him the Zoom link and let's talk to him because you and I, I mean, he texted us both separately because he knew that what he did was wrong. I'm going to say uh, this before yeah. we have him on. I was, I was literally <laughs> in a text conversation with him as he was tweeting about, like, he sent me a text. He, he, the text was like, how do you feel about the Buckeyes next season? And I was, and mm. as I'm crafting my text, like, you know, mm. uh, we're going to miss the Westons and Luther Muhammad transferring, but I also really love Justice Swing. Kyle Young. Yeah, yeah Kyle Young. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm typing up this big, like, text to him. Mm. And then I hit send. I go to Twitter. And in the time I was texting that, he had tweeted, five-star prospect Peyton Watson commits and doesn't credit us. Yep. What the hell, John? Uh, we, ha- we have to get him on the line. Get, let's get him on the line. Let's get him on the line. Let's call him right now because I'm pulling up my phone. I got, I got my text ready. He, he was trying to butter us up. Let's go. All right, Titus, before we get to Rostein, let's get a word from our friends at Tropical Bros. Whether you're hitting the course with friends, planning your weekend getaway, or thinking about an upcoming party, Tropical Bros has what you need. Golf polos, Hawaiian shirts made from the lightest, most incredible stretch polyester blended fabric to give you the comfortable shirts you need while enjoying life and style. High quality products, great price, perfect. For the bros. Oh my goodness, this is so good. Uh, any reactions or compliments uh, that you may get from Tropical Bros, please refer them to Mark Titus and I. Uh, we'd love to get those. Uh, please check out them on Instagram, tropical.bros, and visit them at tropicalbros.com. To get 20% off with a discount code, put in promo code Tate. Again, go to tropicalbros.com and use promo code Tate for 20% off. Let's get to the scooper, John Rostein. All right, we're here with John Rostein, our buddy, a friend of the program. Uh, and John, let, let's just cut straight to the chase. We Tate and I had a big scoop. Uh, we 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 had our first five, big scoop, John. Our first legitimate <laughs> scoop that we've ever had in our journalism careers. Um, you are a scoops guy. This is how you you made a name for yourself. Your Twitter account, but your Twitter account became a thing first of all because of your scoops, and then you kind of morphed into this new Twitter personality. Whatever, who cares? Point is, John Tate and I have a scoop for Fox Sports. We we have Peyton Watson, the five star from California, the the number one recruit in the state of California, and in Titus and Tate's rankings, which are yeah, you know, we, we no, loved. number one in the country according to us. Mm-hmm. 
He comes on our, our program. We have the exclusive interview with him that he makes his announcement. His family's with him. He's putting the hat on, all this kind of thing. Uh, we do the live stream on Twitter. The, the thing gets out, and then I see two college basketball reporters tweet about it. Number one <laughs> is Jeff Borzello from ESPN who says that Peyton Watson tells ESPN, <laughs> not right. Fox Sports, he tells ESPN that he's going to UCLA and throws a little quote in there. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, I see a guy by the name of John Rostein. Surely it's not the same John <laughs> Rostein I'm talking to, who says uh, that yeah. five-star Peyton Watson is going to UCLA. He does not mm -hmm. credit anybody in his tweet. So. I said he announced. Yeah, he announced. He announced himself, uh, yes. John, what the hell? That's my first question. What the hell? <laughs> well, you guys opened up Pandora's box because I think you allowed all these recruiting guys to kind of obviously plant seeds with your buddy Peyton Watson mm -hmm. beforehand, and then they were in on obviously when he was going to announce. So everybody knows how a lot of the times now things work with commitments, that people have their stories or their contact done before the announcement and then they drop it after. So you guys kind of left the trail because this is like your first time to the dance. I, I will give you credit in this regard. Um, and I'm probably just being too nice because I know you personally. You you at least didn't credit yourself. You didn't you didn't in your tweet oh. you didn't say Peyton Watson announces mm -hmm. to at John Rosty or <laughs> at CBS Sports. No. no. I will never be I will never be somebody who like a kid makes an announcement says like you know told me after that because like here's the thing guys and you and i've talked about this all three of us several times like you know nobody remembers like a scoop it's like a vapor it's yes. gone after like a minute and so if you don't get one because you're not going to get all of them just focus on getting the other one and i thought it was ironic just because like you know peyton watson is a five star guy's got you know unbelievable skills you know really prototypical yeah. wing and he's going to UCLA, which has all this now, let's face it, recruiting momentum under Mick Cronin, who Titus, yeah. like, from 30,000 feet, mm. was, like, kind of, like, throwing sand at his feet. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't. No, 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 no. John, I, now I, he, you like can't get enough of Mick now. He loves I, okay, Mick. Okay, I, I was I, I was consistent. I was smart enough, and all of my tweets about Mick Cronin taking the job at UCLA. I was smart enough to like not actually have an opinion. I just just like mm -hmm. state of fact. I would just be like Mick Cronin is the coach at UCLA because that in and of itself was crazy enough to me. I didn't need to add like a this is so stupid. What there is was UCLA? no commentary. You just there put was it no out. commentary. Yeah. I was just like I just want to remind everyone that UCLA fired Steve Offord. They December. called like 12 people. They called 12. Yeah, they fired him in December. They called 12 people. They thought they were getting Tony Bennett, and now Mick Cronin is the coach. No, That's all I said. I, I, it was funny. I, I will say this. I will say this, and it's now what, maybe like 14 months ago, 15 months ago. I don't know how many people, you know, who UCLA initially talked to were realistic candidates for the job. Like, yeah. people like, well, they looked at Rick Barnes. They looked at Jamie Dixon. It's like, right, but both had massive buyouts that weren't going to get paid. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I honestly think Mick was the first person they talked to who was like a legitimate candidate who wanted the job. And, you know, I think it's ironic because the Mick Cronin we saw coach Cincinnati, I thought was a carbon copy in terms of style of play is what Ben Howland did at Pitt. Yeah, and that's, I guess, why I thought it was, like, interesting as well is because, like, you hire Ben Hallen, you hire Steve Offord, who's not quite Ben Hallen, but, like, the sideline demeanor is sort of the same where he's, I don't know, he's just let, kind of let, – let, let's, just, let's just rewind for a sec right now, back seven years. <laughs> think, just think about this for a sec because we know how, obviously, you know, emotional fan bases and administrators are. Ben Hallen's last year at UCLA, UCLA won the Pac-12 – they beat Arizona three times in the third win over Arizona. Jordan Adams, who was probably their best all-around player that year, broke his foot in the Pac-12 tournament semis. 
They lost their first NCAA tournament game to Minnesota, but their best player wasn't playing. And he got fired. Think about what I just said. But mm. yeah, mm. wasn't there a lot of like off court stuff with like Reeves Nelson? That's what I remember. Look, look, I mean, I think that was probably <laughs> look, look. That, was probably, <laughs> that, was, that was probably two years or so like before that. But what I'm saying yeah. is his last year, everybody was like, well, you got to play faster. And they played that great yeah. pace with Larry Drew, had an unbelievable season at point guard. And if I remember, Larry like, that's, like, that, like that's UCLA. Like, I mean, you know, in essence. Enough about UCLA. Let's talk about the things we like talking about most. As soon as you ourselves. took the Wear Twins back, it was over. Yeah, let's talk about ourselves because that's really what Tate and I like to talk about the most here. Uh, so Borzello tweets out that Peyton Watson tells ESPN. My question to you, John, as a man in the Scoops game, as a man that lives in the trenches of the Scoops game, do we now have beef with Jeff Borzello? Yeah, what is our like recourse? No. What, what do, what we, do we do? How do we handle this? No, life is too short to have people <laughs> who like, you know, go at you on Twitter because here's the truth. And you guys know, I've learned this like firsthand, right? What, how somebody behaves on Twitter when they behave like they're Michael Corleone is not at all indicative of what somebody <laughs> is like in the real world. Somebody can be Michael Corleone on Twitter. Like yeah. when the veins are popping out of his eyes and Godfather too, when he finds out that Diane Keaton is going to leave him and take the children. Somebody can act like that on Twitter, and then you see them like at a game, and all of a sudden you get like the awkward look, and they don't, like won't even say anything to you. Just take us under your wing, John. We want to be, we we be scoopers. That's all we want. Just like a couple scoops. I, I've told this story a million times on the show, just because like again we don't get scoops that often. But uh, the other scoop we had was the UCLA was a UCLA scoop in nature, where uh, we had the scoop that Offord was getting fired. You told you told me that, and I said like, well, who told like? Uh, and what else you told me? Well, I'm not I'm not outing my sources. I no, but, we, but like, did you feel confident? the source no that's why i didn't but then you didn't have to worry but, but he was right that, so so the two biggest scoops that we have are ucla related and both times rossi was involved and both times yeah yeah exactly exactly because like i did so the the, the offered okay. one the offered one i get a dm it says steve offered is going to get fired tomorrow and i yes. was like you know yeah, like that, that, that okay okay hold on i'm not done yet i'm not done yet that 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 wasn't enough so like i i did what you would do you were like all right i'm not running with rumors you dm them back so i dm him back i started yeah. bouncing it i was like how do you know this let's 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 hash this out and i i i got to a point where i was like mm-hmm. uh, i don't i don't know I've, I've never been in the scoops game so i don't know how much information you need to hit send on this tweet so i, I go to bed i go to bed john i wake up the next morning <laughs> i expect when i wake up to see Take headlines his advice, Titus. Take his i expect advice. to see headlines that offers fired Listen. i don't see a thing i panic i'm like oh my god thank god i didn't tweet that out because it would have been so wrong and then like 12 hours later he gets fired and I said to myself, oh, my God, what have I done? I should have tweeted. I don't know what to do. Because I, I tried to slow play that one, and I blew yeah. it. I tried to, like, then be on top of the Peyton Watson one. Also blew that. I don't think I'm cut out for the Scoops game. I think that's mm. what we've learned. Well, you don't have to be. Because here's the thing. Like, if, you, if you're in the information business, you should want to obviously get as much as you can from an information perspective. But you need to have other things that make you obviously more versatile as a broadcaster, as a journalist, your ability to interview, your personality. And you have all those things, man. And you live near Marina Del Rey. Who's better than you? All right. All right. That's, that's, I, I don't need, yeah, you're right. You're right. I like just love positive reinforcement. I love that you take it. That's this, that after like consistently like mocking the Mick Cronin and I, right now, like <laughs> no. we're ready to go to Pauly Pavilion in like blue and yellow. <laughs> 
He, he already did it multiple times. I did, I did, I did our last show. Yeah, where a, on. A, I had a UCLA hat and UCLA shirt yeah. on the entire last show. I'm all in on the on, on the, the, the rebuild at UCLA. Speaking of the rebuild, so UCLA, uh, yeah. Cronin's, Cronin's new strategy is to have no big guys. I don't really feel like he really even has like a point guard. Well, Tiger Campbell. What do you mean, counts, what do you mean have no big guys? Well, I mean like – Well, when, he went by going small last year. He got him back because they, they stopped playing Cody Riley and Jalen. No, Lewis. I'm saying it's working. I, I just like – I was forecasting – What's gonna ha- what the team's gonna look like when Peyton Watson's there? I got really excited about it. Tiger Campbell, Jake Kyman, uh, Johnny Juzang, Peyton Watt. But then you look at it and you're like, all these guys are are wings except Tiger Campbell is a point guard. Um, well, I, I but- think I think the thing we learned and look, this is when to me last season changed when they made the move, you know, in the second month of the season to play Jaime Jaquez as kind yeah. of a small ball four. And they stopped playing Riley and Hill together. They became a lot better defensively. Yep. And, you know, I think when you look at their class right now with the way their rosters are set up right now, next season I expect them to be, you know, really good team to beat in the Pac-12. And then beyond that, moving forward, in the 2021 class, the next thing that they have to get is an impact big because, you know, Jalen Hill and Cody Riley, you know, will have one more year of eligibility after next season. And they also have Kenny Nawuba in the program as another big man. But they need an impact big in that 2021 class, there's no doubt. So let's talk about – we're talking about future seasons, John. Uh, You – one thing I love about you is that you have been consistently optimistic that there will be college basketball. Uh, Every time – you'll just just randomly text me and just be like, it's happening, we're having a season. And The day that we got the Peyton Watson scoop, Rossine had texted me, like, basically, stay positive, the season will happen. And I was like, wow, we got a scoop. Rossine's locked in on this. This is going to be great. You called me, like – uh, last week, and the voicemail was just basically like, Mark Titus, John Rostein, 96 days till the tip-off of the season. Hope you're well. See you, man. Larry, whatever, how many days it was. And I was like, yes, I need this in my life. Uh, Scott Drew came on your your program, your podcast, College Hoops Today with John Rostein. Everybody go check it out. Everyone, everyone that yes, listens. Go subscribe right knows, now. Already knows, but if you, ha- if you don't. He said on your show, there will be a season. You believe there will be a season. Yes. Tate and I have, have, in the last month or so, we've shifted away from like being kind of pessimistic cynical we are positive we we pivoted to positivity and it's been a great pivot the problem is my positive vibes only if i'm being honest like are not based in reality it's just like me trying to hype myself up that there's going to be a season so give me a reality-based approach how is this going to happen how what is the path to us having a season you know one thing somebody's told me a long time is never speculate on speculation but this is what (laughs) i'm going to tell you New York in March, April, and May was like the apocalypse. It was like Will Smith and I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. And we were told, you know, obviously that unless you're going to the pharmacy or to the grocery store or you're going out for a run or a walk, you really shouldn't be outside. And we really, like, tightened things up. And I've seen in the last four, five, six weeks the city come back. And that's why I'm so optimistic that if the rest of the country, you know, your state included – could follow those same protocols by the first or second week in September. I think every place in America could be like New York city. And, you know, guys, if that's the case, I don't think you could just play. I think you could play with 25% fans in attendance. Let's go. Yes. Like, I like, you know, it, it all comes down to that's positive wearing vibes. a mask, social distancing, but I have seen what's happened in New York. And now again, in New York, you still can't go to the gym. You still can't dine indoors, but mm-hmm. you've got people eating on the streets, spaced out, spaced by plastic. You've got people being able to get their hair cut right now and do other things that make you feel normal. Mm-hmm. We don't know, obviously, when we're going to fully 
be beyond this whole thing. And that's not probably going to happen until we get a vaccine. But we, if we adhere to the protocols nationally, can still have a basketball season, which everybody out there, especially the three of us, desperately need. Like you and I, before we got on the air, we're talking about, you know, one important thing. Can the A-10 get three bids this year? I mean, you know, these are the things that we're thinking about right now in late July. Yes, they can. Go Spiders. What, what, what should we do? Uh, speaking of the A-10, uh, the A-10 champions from last season were a mm. team that very easily could have won the national title. Yeah. Um, they had the, the, the best player in the country, the coach of the year in the country, uh, the Dayton Flyers. Who I I'm talking think about. guards should have won national player of the year. What? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> John, all right, never mind. Interview's <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, what, what, before we let you go, uh, what, what do we do about last year? Do you think that um, – like? Obviously, nothing's going to be done right now. Do you think that there will ever be a time where, like, are, are we going to do a Helms Foundation move or like a retroactive, retroactive yeah. crown a national title? Like, it just feels so weird. Like, even now, like, I know we're in the middle of the pandemic. I've gotten used to it. Uh, yeah. I've gotten used to things being canceled. Yet every time I go to like Wikipedia to like research something for college basketball, something or other, and it just says like canceled because of COVID nineteen. Under yeah. you know, I'm on John Calipari's page, and it's like his list of seasons, and then 2020 just says no tournament. Every time I see it, I'm like, that can't be right. We got to fix this somehow. Um, do you think we should do a vote? Do you think, like, there's something we should do about this? Like, do you, or do you just say no champion? No, there's an asterisk next to the season, and that's just the end of it. I mean, I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't like it either, man. Like, I was, you know, just like you guys, ready for the NCAA tournament, ready for all these projects that obviously go along with the tournament. But, you know, what we learned is, unfortunately – there are bigger issues in the world and we're battling one now. I don't think any of us thought that, you know, coronavirus obviously would last as long as, you know, Mark, you and I talked about, I had to postpone my wedding. I thought I was going to go did, to Europe yeah. for the first time. It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, I thought I was going to, you know, see, taste what, you know, the red sauce was like in Italy. It didn't happen, but <laughs> there's a greater issue at stake right now. And we're probably not going to be to the other side of this thing until we get a vaccine and we all cross our fingers that that's going to happen soon. But I'm telling you right now, if you're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. if you wear a mask, if you socially mm -hmm. distance, if the curve flattens, we, it's not only can we have a season like we normally have a season, I think we can have a season with limited attendance, but it's going to take a commitment from everybody to do just that. I'm fired up. I believe. This is only temporary. Mm -hmm. It's spreads. That's, as I say, yeah. <laughs> I say. <laughs> John, thank you so much. Uh, when we get our next scoop, we're going to run it by you. But, like, do you promise yes. if we get a scoop and we run it by you, you promise not to? Because I think that's the fear is that you're just going to take it and then tweet it out yourself. And then <laughs> that will be the I'm third strike. I would never do that. I would <laughs> never do that. We're going to fall right into your trap. <laughs> I would never do that. You guys are my buddies. Come on. We've hung out. What was that bar we went to? It's the Misfits, Santa Monica. The Misfits in Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, had, we had a great time. That's yeah. when you we, were engaged. No, the, There's yeah, so we, many good things happening. We yeah. overshadowed like the biggest scoop we've ever gotten, which is your engagement. That was the That's scoop true. that you, well, you gave did, us. You broke that. Yeah, we broke the news that you were engaged yeah. to be married. Yeah, and everyone thought it was right. a joke. Alana's is high, by the way. Oh, Tell okay. her hello. Uh, yes. She, yes, is. Uh, she's also a friend of the program. She's been on the show before. She's um, been on the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, came to the show. studio and everything. That was a great day. She, she asked me, she's like, you want me to go on? I was like, no, we're on the end. Today she asked. I was like, no. Uh, God bless you, buddy. Stay safe in New York. Good, good catching up with you. Uh, we will talk soon. Thanks, John. 
All right, Tate, I'm going to be honest. Uh, first of all, John Rostein, way too nice to be in the Scoops mm. game. I feel like everyone else that's in the Scoops game is an asshole, and you're, like, scratching and clawing for Scoops, and Rostein's just like, yeah, who cares? Life goes on. Uh, yeah. not, not true. Yeah. I feel like this is a trap, and his, him, him saying, like, bring next time you have a good Scoop, bring it to me, and I'll tell you how to handle it. No, I don't, I'm not. No, it, I'm not that it, stupid. Yeah, it, it's occurred to me that John Rossi may be the villain of this program. We we thought <laughs> <laughs> he's like we, we thought he was our white knight, but he's two faced. You know what We're I mean? We're racking like, up enemies. <laughs> oh, Wagner, John Diebler, John Ross. Like we got a, we got a whole. No, of, I'm kidding. We love Rossi, we love but you, like, John. but I, I do feel like we have a lot of scoops ahead, and we should point out you and I are Maui Invitational ambassadors. We uh-huh. have the scoop, and we have the Inno Maui. Rossi has taken two scoops away from us. Um, he has, yeah, the Maui, yeah, and we didn't even bring that up because we're good we guys no yeah yeah but, we're, but next we'll time right. it's over i think yeah. you're right i think we got a next scoop mentality we are in the scoops <laughs> game for the long run um the dms are open <laughs> please share your gift share your gift we got it we got to keep this train rolling you're only as good as your last scoop and uh we got no respect on our last one so zero uh, anyway to be on the video to have the kid tell us to our face. yeah he was literally we're, I, I put my goddamn tuxedo on for the scoop and i yeah. still get no no and, and great job by fox sports i mean we're, we got this whole thing set up they, they did great the whole team yeah like i don't want it to be me i don't need my name you don't have to say like uh, told titus and tate or told mark titus yeah. told, told cbb just on fox say, told fox. cbb on fox like fox yeah. sports i'm a team player i'm a company man just, yeah my company credit. He definitely didn't tell ESPN. <laughs> he definitely. That's one thing. No, that. he did not tell. Final shout outs. Anything? I, I got a few more. Lou Henson passed away. Uh, oh, former former Illinois coach, flying Illini coach, uh, 1989 coach. Final Four. Uh, fought for integration in the 60s in Texas. Uh, that was a big deal. One of the first jobs he ever had. Uh, he's a college basketball Hall of Famer. So I wanted to give him a shout out. He passed away, uh, lived a long life, and was beloved by most of his players. Um, Amazing. And I also, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. I had, I had a couple other things. Who cares? No, Let's shout them out. Here. Let's just shout them out. Shout them out. No, I wanted to shout out Joe Kelly. I felt like Joe Kelly earned yeah. a shout out for, for so good. the shenanigans so good. against the Astros. I, I just, yeah, the whole thing was amazing. <laughs> Altuve, Bregman, and Springer go 0 for 22 against the Dodgers combined. I, it just made my heart so warm to see that. And then now we're watching basketball. It just the whole, I wanted to shout out Joe Kelly. Thank you for that. I need. Thank that. you, Joe Kelly. It was good for the world. It was also it shows yet again the the top of the MLB is not what the people want. It's not what we want. Mm. And uh, mm. Joe Kelly is what the people want. Uh, Joe Kelly for commissioner. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Joe Kelly for commissioner. Uh, shout out to Adam Silver and Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, I I I was very I was very skeptical of this. Um, I, I, I did not think the bubble could work. I guess not so much. Cause I didn't think like a bubble would work. Of course a bubble would work. If you, if you don't let anyone, if you test everyone, everyone's clean and then you don't let the virus in, it's going to work. My fear was that they couldn't create a system that like could keep guys from sneaking women in or sneaking out to see women. And I guess we still have a long way to go, but as of right now, zero cases in the bubble. Amazing start. It's working. Uh, it looks better than I thought it would. Uh, I, I Adam Silver have no matter even if it fails from now, which like knock on wood, it, God forbid it fails. Um, f- f- to even get to this point, to start it, to get to 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 give everyone so much hope, to give us the games we got tonight, it takes a massive amount of balls to try this because as we're seeing from these other leagues, MLB had <laughs> the worst plan ever. Like yeah. MLB is still on the fly changing. Like they just announced today, MLB, that they're doing seven inning double headers. They're still like on the fly. Like a, an hour before the season starts, they're like, we're, we're going to expand the playoffs. And now yeah. they're like, hey, by the way, we're going to do seven inning double headers. And by the way, we're going to, they're just go flying by the seat of their pants. NFL has no plan whatsoever. Um, 
So I don't want to do the circle jerk of like Adam Silver's the greatest commissioner ever because like I don't I'm, I don't want to take it that far. But I will say he's the only commissioner with the balls to like say let's try a bubble. And I'm just completely ignoring it. The NHL did the exact same thing in MLS because who cares? Um, but of the, the of the big, big three four. sports, yeah, yeah, the big the, the, the yeah yeah to have the balls to do this and to get us to this point, God bless you, you did it, you did. And it. I'm sorry I was skeptical. That's Thank it. you, Chris Paul. I appreciate you, Chris Paul. More basketball tomorrow, Tate. Basketball never stops. It's happening. We're back. The NBA is back. We, we, we could not be more excited to keep this podcast rolling. Uh, it's, it, we, we made it. We made it through. We made basketball it through the drought. The basketball drought is over. We're here. We did it. God bless. See you guys next week. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening wherever you listen.